Is it possible to convert downtown office space in San Francisco or even in San Jose into residential housing? Are there other examples throughout the world that this has been successful in? We're going to talk about that. Number two, SF Mayor London Breed slams Elon Musk and calls out Mark Benioff. So much political beef that these mayors have. What are they trying to do? I have, I have thoughts there. Meta pulls out of Mountain View lease. What does that mean for Meta and what is going on? Google, though, starts San Jose Village excavation and interior building tasks. Early stages begin for months of demolition work in downtown San Jose. Let's talk about them all. So let's first talk about the headline article of the week. Yes, San Francisco could turn empty downtown offices into housing. And here is what it would take. So first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about the situation, right? Downtown San, uh, downtown San Francisco has been the highest, um, it's been the highest vacancy uh, in history. It's never been higher for that kind of vacancy rate in San Francisco, about 25% at the very least. Never mind all those different companies that are doing subleases and barely using the space. And so a logical question that people would have and that you may have is like, well, shoot, we have a massive housing shortage still today of, a, of affordability, but just in general. What if we can get a lot more apartments? What if we can get a lot more condos? I mean, look how dense this is. That's a logical thing. But you got to also remember this. Think about an office building. How many showers are actually there in each floor? The answer is probably almost zero, right? Most of the floors may share a couple of bathrooms. So you have a few toilets, a few stalls but you don't have the proper plumbing or duct work for, to, the, to be able to support actually as a residential place, unless it's maybe like a dorm style. That may be make it easier, but I'm not sure how many developers will be making that kind of large bet that there's going to be enough demand for people to want to live in a dorm style when they are professionals. And so that's the high level thought process of, okay, well, we have a need. We already have this whole infrastructure, as in this building's already done. So a lot of the cost is there, but how much would it cost to actually renovate it to be able to do that? And is there a demand for it? And that's always the, the, the push and pull when it comes to these types of conversions. You may be also asking, that sounds like really complicated. I suppose like nobody's ever even going to think about doing it. Wouldn't it just be make sense to just tear a, a building down and redo it? No, not necessarily, because then they have to also get the per permissions and the cost is significantly higher even for that. And so what are the remedies? And this is what I hope San Francisco can get their stuff together and try to figure out solutions, then try to blame people for not wanting to use the space. And so what is it actually a very good example? A very good example is actually in Calgary, Alberta. I personally went to Calgary about uh, six, seven years ago, many times. So uh, I went to Calgary six, seven years ago, many times. And Calgary was interesting. They actually overbuilt like crazy their downtown during the 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 uh, shell gas revolution time at that at that stage. And so at that stage, energy was extremely high. Canada, especially in Alberta, which is an energy field, was pumping as much as possible. But as the U.S. had been um, more more dominant when it came to uh, shale gas and just energy production, then Calgary, Alberta just imploded. Uh, the, the energy prices were significantly lower and never reached the boom status that it was before. 
at least when it came to the energy sector. And then, so you just had all these empty buildings. When I was there, it was eerie. Like your downtown was eerie. There was like nothing going on. Uh, it was all like empty. There was all the lights were off. It was pretty wild. But what I didn't realize is over the years, as you can see, they created this 10 year, $1 billion initiative there to transform the area by fast tracking these projects to convert offices to housing. See, that was the thing that I didn't realize that they could have done because Calgary actually, the real estate there has always been fairly cheap, but then you, you had to come, you had options, right? You either buy, you can, you can leave your office building empty or you think about resolutions to try to make it work. And for that, because of that, Calgary has changed. Now, to be fair, Calgary has been a huge benefactor of COVID when it came to remote work. Right, because their prices in all of Canada is still considered one of the cheapest in this in the country. So they had that big inflow. But to be fair, you got to give credit where credit is due. They have also did things to encourage people to come into the area and to create more housing options for people. And that has certainly helped. And so that is a very good example. Like there's already a blueprint. San Francisco is not going to be some it's not innovative at all. There's already examples of other areas that have done it very well and have been doing it for some time. So I hope San Francisco can get their stuff together so they can just follow the blueprint or learn best practices from them. Now, the idea of this is take a look at this, right? Downtown recovery scores. I mean, San Francisco is just dismal. I mean, compared to a lot of other metros, look at New York. It has roared back. It has done very well since uh, some of the top. Like there's so many of my friends and so many people that have decided to move to New York. And for their own reasons, DC is still up there. Atlanta, I mean, is still up there. Is doing is is doing better than before. Even Calgary, as I mentioned, with all the things going on with Calgary, even they're up. And look at San Francisco on the very bottom, even below Cleveland. My goodness, this is not a this is not good. And and it's not. I mean, it's progressed a little bit higher, but it's not. It hasn't done very well, right? And that's a that's a problem because of all the different things happening. Combination of jobs and work being more remote for those companies combination of san francisco not doing much to entice people to want to come you know we're going to talk about that with what the mayor just said too of like how i would do things differently and how i would try to make it work and so the idea about this is at the end of the day not all housing or not all offices can be converted and no need to you don't need to convert all of them we still need house we still need office space there's still a good use of it but at the same time, you can see Gensler, which is a large firm, has uh, outlaid at least, uh, I believe they, they already picked like 30% that's possible to be actually converted. So what are the costs when it comes to converting offices to housing? So we talked a little bit about it, right? The main cost, the main drivers is the mechanical systems, right? So you got new, new pipe work, new duct work. Those are all things because now you have to do it individual units, right? It's not by the whole floor that needs to just have one, just have the ductwork for the whole whole floor. It needs to be separated out completely and have multiple uh, uh, piping. The next exterior, the building will shed its entire exterior and receive new wall system, including metal panels, studs, and dense glass. So the external use case needs to be different, maybe a little bit more insulated. Interior walls, well now, yes, you have to even just separate them all out together. That's very rarely done, especially in the past. Offices were all like open space. You do need new electrical, right? Because the use cases are different. The same thing, very similar to these other, just segmenting them. 
They even added a line for balconies to provide direct access to natural light and fresh air. I think this is a little bit more optional. Yes, some of the better ones can have it. Uh, more premium ones can have balconies. But if they want to add balconies for all of it, that's an interesting kind of proposition. I don't think it's as required. There's a lot of condos in San Francisco that don't have it, so it's not as required. And the sprinkler alarm systems is required. All new construction will need to have this. So as you can see, there are a lot of math already determined for this. And the question is, will they do things to assist the, the developers and entice them to go through these projects? And so that's the key. Now, every project is going to be different. Every project will require analysis. The idea is that you can see there's just so much opportunity to be had when it comes to here. And so I hope San Francisco is able to continue to do this because if you're able to have successful developments, you're going to be able to have successful, uh, more developers wanting to, to invest in these projects. If it had a very bad result, then even less people will do it. So the very first one, you got to get it right because that is going to be the case study. So we'll see what happens. Let's see. But let's talk about San Francisco Mayor Breed. This is what I don't like at all. I mean, I don't like the way that they're attacking these entrepreneurs and they're attacking these leaders. SF Mayor Breed slams Elon Musk and calls out Mark Benioff. Why did they slam Elon Musk? Because Elon Musk had moved their corporate headquarters away. It's so foolish. I mean, at the end of the day, Tesla had built it in the Bay Area. They built it in Fremont and in Palo Alto. Make no mistake, those places are still very busy. They've been busier than ever. So they still have the hubs there. They're just not expanding more because they find it very difficult to expand talent and expand land there. Now, to be fair, it makes sense for Tesla to be in the middle of the country from a distribution perspective. To be fair, because they're on the growth mode, they just need more bodies in those factories. And so it makes sense for them to move to a place like Austin or just in the middle of the country. They could have moved to Dallas and these other areas too, to be fair. And um, because they're in a different phase of their of their journey. Now, the Bay Area could also still have helped Tesla in various different ways if that was the goal, right? If that was a business goal to align them. But instead, the governments that we have here, it's like slamming them. It's absolutely just like going against them, slamming them. Be like, look, you should be here because you started here. No, that's a terrible way of thinking about it. Right. Look at what Texas has been doing. Look at what Florida has been doing. Look at their mayors and what they've been doing. They've been promoting and saying you should come here because of this, this and this reason. Instead, they're just being like very negative of like you should be here because you started here. I don't like that at all. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And that's why we're, we're seeing these these different things bleed out. Right. This is not the right way to recruit people. You don't recruit talent by saying you need to be here. Because you started here. That's like that's not that's not the recruiting message that one should have. And so it's it's very disappointing for that. Same, I mean, with Mark Benioff, it is also I mean, it is it is fair for the emotions, right? You started here, you grew here, you 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 became what you are in a sense here, and then when you have the opportunity to leave, you leave. So that there's some aspect that I get from that side, but you gotta continue courting them, you gotta continue to add value of like why should they continue to be there where they are at in the different phases. So that's that's very important to note that I do not see. And so that's a very, very, that is very, very frustrating to see that our political leaders are doing it this approach, which is attacking people rather than finding solutions and making something work.
So hopefully they, they change that. They say, look, let's sit down and table. What can I help you with? And then execute on that. And the question is, is it just a talking head that they actually can't do much? So they're just slamming it from a political perspective for Virgos. And that would be very disappointing if that was the real case. Next, Meta pulls out of Mountain View lease. So they actually had a lease in the very new, the newer area of the village of San Antonio Center in Mountain View. This is the area that um, uh, it was it was built probably in the last decade. You can see there's a lot of just new space there. Uh, this is not their corporate headquarter areas. This was actually a flex space. So a lot of their contractors actually stayed in that location. So I've actually been there. I've actually had uh, multiple meetings there with, with some employees at the time when I was meeting them uh, and some clients. And so that was a complete flex space that they just, interesting enough, leased from WeWork. And as that was ending and because they're being consolidated, they decided to cut that. And so that's something just to be mindful of. So now that is widely available. And there's a decent amount of space, 457,000 square foot. But it makes sense for them to go out of that combination. They're shrinking combination of that's a, that was a, a flex space anyways. It wasn't their own space. Another news, Google starts San Jose Village Excavation and Interior Building Task. So the building is underway. So for those that have been asking or curious, okay, well, is Google going to stop, have this all on hold? Or the answer is, it looks like they're going to continue to build this. It's going to be continue to be underway. It still makes sense for them to do so. They believe, last report now, because they've actually pushed this back. Initially, the breaking ground was supposed to be in the, in the end of this year. But I believe it's now to the middle of next year. So it's going to be a while. So anyone that's betting in the Google Village project in downtown San Jose, I'm likely going to be doing a video about it, about the history of it, and about the future and the opportunities of it. So stay tuned for that and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. So many of you watching are not subscribed. You got to subscribe right now. So you got to do that. And then I'm probably going to do a video of the history of West San Jose or this parts of West Village or the West parts of downtown about the history and the future opportunity. The last thing I want to go over is this is a really good benefit. California Association of Realtors, U.S. first and largest statewide rental listing service. So what's really cool about this, and this is just for the general education of people, is the general education of people when it comes to uh, the leasing space is actually Zillow and like apartments.com. They dominate that space uh, because individuals can lease, can put their stuff on there and uh, and they have all the data of like rental figures because the landlord is, can easily post there for from themselves for free. Realtors with our MLS is only for buying and selling homes. So we actually have significantly less data <clears throat> because of that. Now, they did partner with some other players like this company called Rental Beast to try to get more. But the idea of getting more data is that you have to be able to be tied in with the landlords directly themselves. And that's the hard part because if you have that, then the the MLS, which means all realtors, can then have access of how are rent, how has rent changed. Just like how I show you every month, like how the data changes, you can then see also like how has rent changed. But because we don't have that, because Zillow owns that their data, then that's a competitive disadvantage that us realtors have in terms of history of like at least history. We all can see what it will probably rent for because of competition. But that's something that I look forward to. So hopefully the more tools that allows more of this data just means more beneficial, more benefit for you, because then I can then make it public for you to look into 
what uh, renter, what rents are and what the history of rent is in, in a clear way. Otherwise, right now, you may see reports from like Zumper, from Zillow, uh, from Apartments.com because they actually own the data. And uh, I know Zumper occasionally allows it to be revealed, like in terms of history, but uh, others, they can do whatever they want with it, right? They can sell that. It's up to them. So this is all positive news. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We are almost at the end of October and Halloween is next week. What are you doing for Halloween? Leave it in the comments below. And if you know of anyone that's considering to buy, sell, or invest, send me a DM. You can connect with me on social at Bay Area Tech Realtor. And I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.